dear fellow saints among the family and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. In his little classic entitled, The Table of the Lord, former president of Luther Seminary and well-beloved pastor here at First Lutheran Church in the early 50s, Dr. Al Rognes writes, there is no point in the communion service that so effectively vaults me onto the other side of death as when the pastor prays. And so with the church on earth, gathered together with the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unhending hymn. Rognes continues, it is as if I join then the hosts of heaven in hearing this word in the feast of victory where the Lord himself comes and serves both those on earth and those in heaven in one mystical communion, that is, the communion of saints. In our Bible study this past Wednesday, we discussed how the church is impoverished if it's not aware also of our counterpart that is in heaven. And so it is that our fourth graders today are going to be leading us at the 11 o'clock service in confessing the Apostles' Creed, which they have been studying. And in that third article, we hear these words especially resounding today. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now this is to say we are pilgrims here, but our commonwealth, our true home, is in heaven. A few short years and our pilgrimage on earth is over. And then with our Lord Jesus Christ leading us, we join in that great number marching on to be gathered by Christ into the heavenly host. Jesus says to us again this day from John chapter 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I come again, I will take you to myself, that where I am, you will be also. And that's sheer gospel. Unfortunately, many Protestant churches do little to remind people of this company of saints in heaven. Saints' days are largely ignored, but the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox churches have done more to keep alive this reality of what is called the church triumphant. For example, if a child is born on Saints' Day, he or she may receive the name of that particular saint. Now, when I was born, on the feast day of Saint Luigi, <laughs> well, my folks had second thoughts. Let's just call him John. Hmm. But whatever abuses may have come from the accent on saints, the church has been far more enriched by this awareness of our larger family, 
One reminded of today, this All Saints Sunday, gathered around the Lord's table as the communion of saints. Now, on our occasional walks through St. Anthony Park that surrounds Luther Seminary, I was very privileged to have stories shared with me by Dr. Rognes. And he'd often talk with me about his beloved son, Paul. A son, many of you remember, whom Dr. Rognes would describe as tender-hearted to a fault, but who also played a rough and tough center on the Washington High School football team. And at the last service, I made sure I had coaches Odney and Erickson verify this for me, that they won the state championship in 1953. And Paul also was student body president at Augustana before going on to be a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford. In his memoirs entitled Across the Generation, Al writes, my wife Nora and I always feared that with Paul being so easygoing and compassionate, he'd get run over by the world. And so how tragically ironic that in late August of 1960, Having just returned from England, Paul was struck down at age 24, run over by a truck. And yet Dr. Rognes was still able to point beyond this tragedy, this great sadness, to God's Word that creates hope even in the midst of darkness of the resurrection. And there is no scripture, perhaps, that so lifted Al's spirits as this magnificent picture of the great cloud of witnesses that you just heard Pastor Lars read from Hebrews chapter 12. Al spoke of seeing his son, Paul, in a vast cheering section encouraging the home team to lay aside the weight of grief and return with zest to the joys and tasks of our common life. For you see, we who are still running the race of life need the support not only of our fellow runners, but especially those whose race is done and who have been awarded, as St. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4, the victor's prize. Those who continue now, especially those whose names you see listed there in your bulletin insert today, those forebears of faith, those matriarchs, those patriarchs, like a Muriel and Ruby and Ruth or a Carl and Herb and Warren, who still inspire excellence and commitment and faith and, yes, bazaars. Absent, but very much present. As St. Augustine observed long ago in the fourth century, he said, when my best friend died, I felt like a part of me was just ripped out, ripped away, gone. And yet I remembered that we are like two bodies in one spirit, and that spirit is the spirit of Christ who holds all things together 
and will gather us as he ushers in his kingdom come together again with these beloved family and great cloud of witnesses who've gone before us. So writes St. Augustine. Now, it's a pardonable oversight that we become so absorbed in our life here that we spend rather little time pondering heaven. After all, it's here and now on earth that we have our tasks of God's coming kingdom. But like the quiet stirrings of the sea, there's a deep yearning in our hearts that nothing on earth can finally satisfy. The literature of every culture and religion speaks poignantly, even fearfully, of death and what lies beyond. And I think why Ernst Becker's Pulitzer Prize-winning work a number of years ago entitled The Denial of Death shook the foundations of our flat-earth society. However, it is very characteristic of the Christian to face death with expectation and with hope in knowing that a heavenly company and a heavenly home await us. Yet life on this side is no less precious since this island too is the Lord's. And so on this All Saints Sunday, as we come together as a Christian family gathered at our Lord's table, it is well to remember that someone now at our side, sitting right next to us, may, before we meet again, have made, as we sing, an O day full of grace, that final journey, joining the saints of heaven. And this should make the moment more precious, the present relationship we have with each other even more cherished. As the psalmist writes in Psalm 90, teach us to number each day, O Lord, that we might gain a heart of wisdom. How often when someone has passed away do we not regret having treated one another so casually? We might have spoken an encouraging, affirming word, but we didn't. Fortunately, death does not have the last word. God does. A word of forgiveness. A word of hope and grace. The word of God who has taken on flesh and continues to dwell among us. Yes, there's another time of feasting and communing, and this time Christ will be our visible host. Again, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, when we're no longer seeing through a dark glass dimly, but then face to face. A proverbial knock your socks and shoes off, Toto, we're not in South Dakota anymore. Dear saints of First Lutheran Church, those claimed by God as his forever beloved daughters and sons from your baptism, you're not alone. You have all this company, all these saints sitting right next to you today whom you can see. But as well, you have the great cloud of witnesses who are cheering you on right now, calling your name and shouting themselves 
hoarse with encouragement. Can you see your father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, a beloved spouse, a beloved child there? Because you're part of them, and they're a part of you, all related in the blood of Christ that courses through his body of believers this day and always, the communion of saints, and that includes you. To conclude, a couple of weeks ago we laid to rest a patriarch in our congregation, Marv Widman. Many of you knew Marv, especially from the fact that he sang in our adult choir for some 50-plus years. In fact, he requested that he be laid to rest in his adult choir gown. And so he was. His older son, Gary, shortly before the funeral, shared with me a story just a couple days prior when he was with his dad in hospice, and he said, Dad, I need another one of your strong handshakes of faith. And from his hospice bed, Marv professed the faith. Gary, I'll see you and the whole family in heaven. And we have God's word on it. And so St. Paul lifts up this towering text for us again this day. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, running with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, unto eternal life. Amen.